Hey, I'm Pastor Joel, and just want to say thank you for downloading or streaming this message today. My prayer for you is that you're blessed by the content that you hear. As a church, our desire is to make disciples of Jesus, and we do that by helping people to trust and follow Him in every aspect of their daily life. So if this is something that blesses you, we just hope that you'll feel free to share this with others so that they might be encouraged and challenged by it as well. My precious Claire, you are such a blessing to your dad and me. We pray that as you grow up, that you know how abundantly loved and cherished you are by us and by Jesus. We pray that we will be good models for you of what a life of following Christ looks like and impart to you a love for Jesus. We also pray that God will help us surround you with a community of fellow Christ followers and disciple makers. You are already showing such a beautiful personality marked by fierceness, curiosity, determination, and joy. I pray that these characteristics will translate to a future faith following Jesus, that your fierceness will lead you to fiercely loving Jesus and others, that you will be curious and inquisitive about Scripture and exploring your faith, that you will determinedly walk life with God despite what you see the world doing, and that your joy will spring up from a rooted foundation of trusting Christ wholeheartedly in everything you do and experience. There are two things I pray for you to unshakably know as you grow up. First, that you are abundantly and unfailingly loved by Jesus. I pray for you to feel the preciousness of that fact and feel secure in the identity of being loved. Second, I pray that you will be able to see that all you truly need in life is God. There will be so many wants that you will have in life. Some not so good maybe, but some beautiful good things too. And some of these wants will desperately feel like needs. Yet I pray that you will lean into God in the face of these desires and find that they all pale in comparison to Him, whether you end up getting them or not. I believe a life led like this with knowing and living with Him as your only need will produce a peaceful, joy-filled life in any circumstance you face. I pray for you to know the beauty and joy of a life like this. We can't wait to see how you continue to grow and develop, sweet girl. We are rooting you on and will be here for you always. Love, Mommy and Daddy. I'm loving those videos that we get to watch each week and seeing people in our church write letters to their kids. Uh, So we have been talking about this series where God has written a letter to us. And uh, we'll talk about that just a little bit more in a minute. But let me start by asking you this question. When was the last time that you searched intently for something? You just had to go on this all-out, deep-dive search for something. Maybe it was something you lost that was important to you, and you had to take some time to really look for it. Uh, Maybe you spent some time searching out the perfect gift that you were going to give to someone, uh, an anniversary gift or a Christmas gift, and that was going to be the thing that took a lot of your time. You were just searching, what am I going to get for that person that's so special to me? Uh, Maybe you have had something where you've lost a pet. Any show of hands, anybody ever lost a pet and you had to go looking for it? Our dog ran away for a couple hours this week. Uh, That wasn't fun. 
Uh, anybody ever lost a child and had to go look for a child? See a few heads nodding. Uh, yeah, so there are some things that happen in our life that cause us to have to go out and search intently to find them. And that's the same way that God intends for us to search for wisdom. As we follow after Jesus and as Christians, as believers in Christ, and as believers who take the word of God seriously, God calls us to search for and to pursue after wisdom so that we can know how to live. God's given us instructions in his word. In fact, in Proverbs, the first seven chapters in the book of Proverbs are letters that King Solomon wrote to his son. And each chapter starts with him just saying, my son, here's what I want you to do. My son, know this. My son, avoid these things. It's letters that are given to his son. And so while Solomon literally wrote these letters to his son, they're inspired by the Holy Spirit and they've been preserved for us in God's word. And what we can take these letters that Solomon wrote to his son is God's letters to us because we're his children. These are letters to God's children and that's you and that's me. If we're followers of Jesus, then we're kids of Christ, kids of God. And so God wants us to know how to best live our lives. Uh, I had a lot of cool um, people reach out to me on Facebook in the last 24 hours and kind of go, hey, I bet you're super excited about that game yesterday. Uh, I want you to know this, that game yesterday was not the most significant thing that happened in my life. Uh, the most significant thing that happened in my life yesterday was a dinner that I had with my son and uh, some men in his life. Uh, my son turned 15 last week. And part of my objective as a father is to have other men, as he's becoming a man, as he's growing into this place of manhood and, and growing up out of boyhood and into this next stage of his development, I want him to know what it means to be a man. So I invited some other men around us, my family and, and some friends of ours, deep, uh, deep friends who have invested in my son's life. And I had each of them write a letter to my son. And we sat last night at Olive Garden and we just talked to him about what God wants for him as a man, as he grows up, as he develops and matures. That was the most significant thing that happened to me yesterday. And God speaks to us in that same way, if we'll listen. And so I want us to jump into Proverbs chapter two this morning and look at the first five verses together to see what God has to say to us and Solomon is writing, but God is saying to us, my son or my child, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And here's what I want you to see very first thing as we open this up this morning, the word if pops up a lot of times in this passage. Uh, there's a lot of if statements here. Listen to it again. If you accept my words, if you call out for insight, if you look for understanding. And here's the first thing. If you're taking notes this morning, you want to write some things down or follow along on our app. Here's the first thing you're going to find. God makes his wisdom available to us. The question is whether or not we desire it. Right? Like God has made wisdom available to us. The question we have to ask ourselves is, do I want it? And if I want it, how badly do I want it? And what am I willing to do to get it? And he says, if you'll accept my words and if you'll call out for understanding and if you call out and cry out for insight. So here's what I would want to ask. Do you have a great desire in your life for the wisdom of God? Or do you feel confident on living in your own wisdom? 
these if statements in Scripture, if we answer them and we'll search after them the way that God says, they can save us for some if-only moments in our life. Having an answer to these if statements saves us from some if-only moments in our lives. Let me tell you what I mean by that. There's probably been some times in your life that you've said, oh, if only I hadn't done this. (laughs) If only I hadn't dated that person. If only I hadn't jumped into partnership with that business partner. If only I hadn't made that financial decision. If only I hadn't run from God when I was younger. If only I hadn't, and you fill in the blank. What would you say to answer that question? If only. And here's what wisdom does for us. Wisdom spares us from these if only moments in life. Because he says, if you'll cry out for wisdom, if you'll call for understanding, if you'll seek after it desperately, God will provide ways for you to live that will spare you from making some terrible decisions in your life. But do you want it? And how much are you willing to go after it? What regrets could God's wisdom applied to your life have spared you from? But here's the next question that we need to ask ourselves. How do we gain the wisdom that God answers or that God uh, offers? How do we gain the wisdom that God offers? And the answer is found again in the text. If we go back and look at Proverbs chapter two, verses one through five again, we're going to find the answer. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And so he goes, listen, you've got to be somebody who calls out for insight, who cries aloud for understanding, who's going to look for it like you're looking for silver. You're going to search intently as for hidden treasure. Right? Like that's going to be the objective of our life. Are you willing to go all out and search and dig and look and find and explore to discover God's wisdom for you? That's what he's challenging us to do. There's effort that's required on our part to gain the wisdom of God. It's always going to be that way. You're never just going to wake up one morning and be like, I just feel so wise today. Like I think overnight I just grew in wisdom. It was incredible. Maybe it was a cool dream that you had. And now you're just so wise and ready to attack the world and just live in it, right? It's going, that's not how it works. Wisdom isn't just something that you wake up with one morning. Wisdom is something that you pursue, that you call out after, that you search for, that you go for with all of your heart. It's going to take you looking for it. The same thing is true about being a disciple of Jesus. And we talk about this all the time here at our church. If you're kind of new to us, we are a church who makes disciples of Jesus. Jesus called us to do that. That was the last command that he gave us before he went back to heaven, go out into all the world and make disciples. And so we take that very seriously here. We want to be disciples of Jesus who know how to make disciples of Jesus. And this is one of those places that it goes, man, this is the challenge. God tells us. That if you're going to be a disciple, here's what that means, and here's how we define it. A disciple of Jesus is someone who knows Jesus, is following him, is somebody who's being changed by Jesus, and somebody who's on mission with Jesus. If you know and are following Jesus, if you're being changed by him, and if you're on mission with him, then you're a disciple of his. And you're ready to make other disciples of Jesus. But here's what we would imply in that, that this change element is important. 
that he goes, if you're going to be changed by Jesus, there are some consistent things that always need to be under surveillance in your life to find out if you're ready to take a next step with him. And this wisdom aspect is one of the places that I think that we need to be continually being changed and allow God to change us. Because some of us walk through life as if our own wisdom and our own life experiences and our own knowledge are enough to help us make it through life unscathed. And really what we find as we think about this is that God is telling us, you've got to seek after this. You've got to go for it. You've got to pursue this. You want wisdom at the highest level. And that's only wisdom that God has. Only God can give you that type of wisdom. So are you willing to pursue it? Are you willing to chase after it? Being changed by God doesn't just mean we sit passively while he's at work. Right? It means that if we're going to be changed by him, I'm going to be in his word daily. I'm going to be in prayer. I'm going to be meditating on scripture. I'm going to be in deep relationship with other people. I'm going to be seeking after the things of God. And in those settings and in those moments and those times that I'm listening to God and, and searching for God's truth in his word, that he's going to reveal things in me. And his spirit is going to show me things that need to be changed in my life, that that doesn't belong in your life. That needs to change. This is missing in your life. You need to add it in. But it takes us sitting at the feet of Jesus to really understand how those changes take place. And so what God's calling us to for this is that we need to be people who are going to seek after him and search after him. You can't spend hours every day watching Netflix and expect that you're going to get more wisdom, right? You're going to have to spend some time searching God's word for wisdom. You're going to have to spend some time on your knees in prayer to gain wisdom and insight. You're going to have to take time in your day to listen to the Holy Spirit, to tell you what you need in your life, to tell you, man, that's a bad decision you're making. That's a difficult relationship you're in. You need to be careful about that. This path you're on is going to be a dangerous and difficult path. You need to be careful about it. God's going to reveal these things to you, but it's only going to come as you seek and pursue him and as you go for it. The way that we think about this we need to be learning as Christians to be desperate for this kind of wisdom and to seek after it with all your heart. It reminds me of a couple of stories that Jesus told in the New Testament. And he's not talking about wisdom necessarily. He's actually talking about his kingdom, but it makes this parallel that's really similar. And so in Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, here's what we find. It says, again, Jesus is teaching, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it, right? So Jesus is making this comparison to what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he says, it's like a, a merchant who goes out and he finds this pearl. And here's the deal. He's not just kind of stumbling around, wandering about and goes, oh, look, a giant pearl. How incredible. I just found that. It says that he is looking for it. He's searching intently. This is a daily pursuit of his. As a merchant who goes out onto the water and he goes out onto the sea, he's made it his ambition to try to find the pearl that's of great value. And what happens when he finds it? It says he goes and he sells, he mortgages, he leverages everything he has to buy that because it's of more value than everything else he had in his life. And I think Jesus is going, that's how I want you to feel about getting wisdom in your life. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sell in order to pursue wisdom and get what's more valuable? Then there's a second story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. He tells a, about a woman who lost a coin. He says, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, 
sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I've found my lost coin, right? Have you ever gotten into a situation where something gets lost in your house? Maybe your car keys, your wallet, earbud, remote control for the TV. Like you just can't find it anywhere. I can't tell you how much time we spend looking for earbuds like in our house. They're just floating around everywhere, apparently. And Jesus is going, this is what this lady's experiencing. She's lost something of value to her and she's gonna do everything she can to sweep her house until she finds it. Uh, last year, we had an opportunity to do an event for Westridge High School football team at Wetlands Water Park, uh, the same place we went as a church a couple of months ago. And um, I had a chance to speak to the team and, and talk to the football team kind of at a break time and they were coming up for a meal. And, and so I'm teaching the, the team a little bit and just spending some time with those guys. And then after it was over, uh, I left to go home. I stopped to get some gas on my way home, get to my house and I've got all this stuff from the water park and I'm carrying all these things in and there's some trash in my car. And so I'm throwing some things away and taking some stuff inside. And then later on that evening, I go to put my keys in my wallet in the same place in my house that I always put them. Because if I leave them in different places, I lose them all the time. So I've got this one cabinet that I always put my keys in my wallet in. My keys were there. I went to reach for my wallet and it was not. And I was like, oh, that stinks. I probably left it in my truck. So I go back out into the garage. I open the door to my truck and where my wallet sits in my truck, it's not there. Now I'm getting a little bit freaked out. So I start going, okay, I'm going to go upstairs. Maybe I took it up to my bedroom. Maybe I laid it on the, the counter in my bathroom. I'm just going to start looking for my wallet because that's important, right? Like it's got my credit cards in it. It's got some ID stuff in it. It's important. You need that. And so I'm looking, I can't find the wallet anywhere. So now I'm going, well, gosh, I know I didn't leave it at the water park. I stopped and got gas on the way home. I paid for gas with a credit card. So I had my wallet then. So now I'm on my phone looking up the gas station that I went to in Jonesboro. And I'm trying to make phone calls going, hey, did any good Samaritan turn in a wallet to you guys? I was there. I filled up with gas. Has anybody turned in a wallet? And the kid on the other end is like, no, I don't think so, man. Right? And so I don't have a wallet at the gas station. Uh, he wasn't going to bother going outside and looking for it. Maybe I dropped it on the ground. He's just like, nope. Uh, and so can't find my wallet there. So I keep the search up. I'm looking through everything. I'm opening drawers in my house. And finally, I'm like, well, man, maybe it fell underneath a seat in my truck. I'm going to go back out. I've got my flashlight. I'm looking under everything. I'm cleaning my truck like it's never been cleaned before. I feel like the woman who's sweeping her house, right? And just going, I've got to find this wallet. And it's nowhere. So finally, I just go, God, please, please help me find this wallet. I'm at the point now where it's like, it's time to start calling credit card companies and banks and go and cancel the things. I'm, somebody's stolen my stuff and, you know, credit card fraud. I don't want any part of that. And so it's time to make those phone calls. I'm starting to get to that place. And then I felt like God went, just trace your steps, walk back through. And so that's where I go, okay, I'm going to remember every single thing I did from the time I got out of my truck to the time I went back into the house. And I remembered for a split second, there's one place I haven't looked that I stopped on my way home the garbage can. Because <laughs> I had in my arms a bunch of stuff that I was taking inside, but I had some trash. And outside of my garage door, we've got that big green King Sport trash can, right? I flip the lid open and with the water bottles that I threw away, my wallet's sitting right on top. Just threw it away. Don't need this anymore. Trash, right? Like, so there it is. So I'm so thankful. And I'm going back inside and telling my wife and my kids, like, I found it. I'm super excited. I got it. We don't have to call the credit card companies and go through all that chaos. And yes, it's found. Right? And it just reminds me of Jesus telling this story. Going, here's this lady who lost a coin. 
And she was willing to go to great lengths, to take everything out of her house and put it on the lawn, to sweep the house, to move every speck of dirt to find the coin. And when she found it, she called other people and rejoiced with them. She had her neighbors come over and celebrated. God goes, that's how intently I want you to search for wisdom. It's like finding treasure. Are you going to go after it? And so when we think about that, we think again about this idea of going, you call out, you cry aloud, you look for it as for silver, you search for it as for hidden treasure. And when I think about treasure, I think about one of my favorite movies of all time. Anybody seen National Treasure? Love this movie, right? You've got the Gates family who has believed for generations that there is a national treasure that the founding fathers of our country buried and hid somewhere that was going to, uh, to give them money and, and power and prestige to fight any war that might come our way. And so there's this hidden treasure, but no one's ever found it. And Ben Gates is now like a third or fourth or fifth generation person who's seeking after this treasure in his family. And he spends his time going all over the world looking for clues to help find the treasure. And it costs him. People start thinking he's crazy. His own family members start thinking he's crazy. It doesn't exist. It's a myth. It's a fairy tale. Give up on that. Don't keep looking for that treasure. It's a waste of your time. It costs him money. It costs him relationships. It costs him uh, his place in society. Like people just talk bad about him. Like his reputation is on the line. But eventually, Ben Gates doesn't give up on this treasure. And him and his couple of buddies that are with him on this journey find the treasure that was hidden. And I want to show you a video clip of the moment that they walk into this room and the treasure that's been hidden for decades is finally revealed. Check this out. That's significant.
pretty amazing. Uh, when you see that kind of treasure, that's life-changing stuff, right? And all of a sudden, I bet he didn't sit there with his friends and go, you know, I wish I had spent a lot more time sitting at home watching Netflix instead of being out searching for clues for this thing. I bet he went, man, every sacrifice was worth it to find this, to get this. And for us, it's worth it to pursue wisdom. And here's the last thing that I want us to talk about this morning. Where do we go and seek for this? Who do we ask for wisdom? Here's what Proverbs tells us in verses six through eight. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. If you want wisdom, you go to the source. Wisdom is unequivocally given to us by God. Wisdom comes from God. Listen again. Go back and look at the pronouns that are used in this. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those whose walk is blameless. He guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Wisdom comes from God. If you don't have the kind of wisdom that you feel like you need in your life for the decisions that you're making, for the situations that you find yourself in, for the struggles that you're going through, for raising your kids, for leading your business, for being a husband or a wife, for the friendships that you have, whatever it may be that you're going, I just feel like I'm lacking wisdom to know what to do. Ask God. He is the giver of wisdom. And James in the New Testament tells us this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So who can ask? Any of us. God doesn't put stipulations on this and go, well, you can only ask if you're at such a level of peakness in Christianity. Like, no, he goes, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. And your father, who's written letters to you to tell you this is available, He'll answer, and he'll give you wisdom. And wisdom does these powerful things to protect us, to guard us, to guide us, to defend us. But it's only going to happen if you're willing to seek for it, to call out and cry out to God, to look with all your heart and intently go after it. And so this morning, as we start to close our time up together we're going to skip past the rest of this chapter in Proverbs chapter 2. There's going to be some conversation that Solomon writes to his son to warn him about some relationship things. Hey, watch out for some men that are like this. Watch out for some women who are like this. And Solomon should know all about these kinds of things, right? Like that's kind of the lane he ran in. You need to be careful about these things. We're not going to hit on and talk on this today because the next few chapters in the book of Proverbs are going to repeat and reiterate these same things. So we're going to take a deeper dive into those relationships in the next couple of weeks. But here's where I want us to close up our time together today. I want us just to have some time where we pray. I want us to be a people who are willing to call out to God and cry out to him. I'm going to ask Brian to come back up and we're going to have some music that's going to play. But the thing that I'd like to ask you to do, if you're willing and if you're able, is just to come and to make a place of prayer here around the front of our stage at the front chairs that are here. If you can't do that and move, then make the place that you're sitting a place of prayer. But I'd love for you to come forward and just be able to gather at God's throne this morning 
and cry out to him and call out to him for the wisdom that we need for our lives? Are we willing to seek for it? Are we willing to search after it? Will we call aloud and cry out for understanding? God has wisdom that he wants to impart to you. But it's going to take effort on your part to dig into his word, to spend time on your knees in prayer, to listen to Holy Spirit, and to be in deep relationship with other people who are following after the heart of God so that we can grow in our abundance of grace that he gives to us. Thanks so much for checking out our message today. We hope you are challenged and blessed by it. We want to invite you to come and worship with us in person if you live in the Tri-Cities area. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at One Fellowship Point in Kingsport, Tennessee. You can also get more information about us from our website or our mobile app. Have a great day.